Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Today we're talking conspiracy theories from the new movie Sorta Trust, as well as the 50th anniversary on July 20th of the Apollo moon landing. Huh? July 20th, 1969. Big party. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right. And so today Wendy and I are joined by our buddy Scott Marcus from whatyougostory.com. Welcome, Scott. Good to be here. I just got my tinfoil hat on, so let's do this thing. Excellent. Looks good. Looks that good. sounds good. And <laughs> to make sure we don't have we don't have any internet to the outside world going, we closed everything off. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and We're hunkered down in the basement here. <laughs> right. Hunkered down in the bomb shelter to make sure that nobody can pick up on what we're doing and then ruin our conversation. Right. It's already happened. Like The internet's already broken yeah. down once today. Mm-hmm. Right before we were going to start recording. Yeah. So I guess the see you on the other side bunker is not safe. It's not secure. <laughs> Uh, and my and my computer turned off. I mean, it, it went completely black. For has no it done reason. that before ever? Never has it done that before. So, yeah. okay. Well, we're in I'm for a, a wild ride here today. I guess someone doesn't want you people to know about the new movie with Mark <laughs> Maron. Yeah. Called Sorry to Trust. It's it's like whoever is like it's the counter programming at like some different independent studio. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, kind of you know like how China took down Sony when. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just like that. Uh, the interview. Uh, you know, it's funny because right shortly before I came on, I uh, texted my friend Max, who's in Los Angeles. Uh, we we're chatting about other things. And I said, he, he's a wonderful conspiracy nut. I love it. Right. So I asked right. him what Nuts. his favorite one is. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we all are. Um, and he started talking about the JFK conspiracy. And, and I can't help but wonder, like, this this. You know, from from the Midwest all the way to L.A., there's just so many places for those texts get, to get intercepted. And I just told him we were about to go on. So, so somebody was tapping very easily. Oh, I just boy. gave him a blueprint. Yeah, obviously it was. Thanks, the, thanks, Scott. The, <laughs> the CIA now finally we're finally on their radar. Scott sent the flare up with that one, and they. Hey, you know it's good to have new quickly. listeners. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know it's funny today though. So we're we're speaking on Thursday, July eighteenth today, and so this morning on Facebook, I did uh, answer a comment by Robbie Graham. Mm-hmm. who in the past we've discussed how he may have been in trouble with the CIA. Right. And he tagged his friend, Matthew Alford, okay, uh, who was the other guy who wrote that conspiracy book ah. um, okay. about that. The ma- the the screen was... Why don't we give some background on that for oh, all right. it's not <laughs> familiar. Okay. And uh, so this is, this is from an earlier episode. Um, but then particular episode, Robbie and Matthew Alford, and they're both like academics in the UK... They were looking into this case of a particular Hollywood screenwriter who was working on a certain kind of like manuscript about the CIA, and he was in contact with like the CIA liaison to Hollywood. Like the CIA has a liaison to Hollywood because they're always in different movies and stuff. <laughs> right. They're always represented in different ways. Yeah, and in some in some movies they're portrayed positively, like in Jack Ryan. And uh, some of all fears and all, you know, Hunt for Red October and stuff. And some they're they're portrayed very, you know, like like the bad guys, mm-hmm. like Will Smith in Enemy of the State. <laughs> yeah. And, and things like that. And so this, you know, he was the liaison from the government who was trying to uh, make them look good. Anyway, so this writer's working on a particular uh, a screenplay and it gets finished and then he disappears. <laughs> and they don't find him for a year. And when they find him, it looks like he, you know, he just ran his car off the side of the road. But funny, the manuscript that was in his car uh, when he left his last meeting uh-huh. is no longer there. And also, his hands are removed. Ooh. Oh my gosh! Right. So they did a whole investigation in that. They wrote an article for the Guardian uh, in London, and we talked about it on our podcast. We wrote a song about it called "The Man Who Knew Too Much." And um, one of the authors, Matthew Alford, he had an article today about government sponsorship of different atrocities across the world. And so I commented on it. And then anyway, I probably commented on something where two people uh, who were on CIA watch lists um, 
We're doing it. So that's probably why your internet's messed up. One so day. basically, we put on the Hollywood lights yeah. on the roof, <laughs> announcing <laughs> that we're going to be talking about conspiracy I'll theories. Everyone's on to us. And uh, so if we lose, you know, more technical things here, we know. It's, it's we know fault. why, guys. Thank you. Thank you for setting uh, uh you know, waving the flags for us. No. Well, where do you guys where do you guys sit on conspiracy theories? Well, first, I, I do want to chime in because I heard interestingly uh, uh, recently, I should say, maybe not interestingly, but uh, Chris Pratt was giving an interview and he talks about how uh, the FBI welcomes him anytime he comes into a new town, a new city. He'll have like gift baskets waiting for him in his hotel room because he played. Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec, a guy that just wanted to be in the FBI so much. Yeah. And he made it seem like a fun and cool thing. Aww, and so cool. it's cool, but also they must be tracking him to some degree. Like, how do they know what his hotel room <laughs> oh is God, or that he's right. even coming to town? Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. It's like, hmm, it's nice, but unsettling. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, the Department of Homeland Security knows where we all are. Yeah, absolutely. Right, at all times. And so, uh, and of course, we give them that with our phone. Right. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a conspiracy. Th- this is real. I was um, listening to another podcast by a guy named Neil Strauss. He wrote The Dirt, uh, that, auto- that biography of Motley Crue yeah. uh, that they just made into a Netflix movie. <laughs> yeah. And so he's got a podcast called To Live and Die in L.A. And it's about a very recent disappearance of a like an aspiring actress type thing Mm -hmm. and so anyway uh as they're trying to find out what happened to her they're using uh you know they get the information to google that tells you know that tells them exactly where she was or or where her phone was sure like every five minutes for months Mm -hmm. so they can just find that yeah, like the pings. That's some good battery life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, but just, I mean, he's, they were just talking like, oh, yeah, well, no, no, Google knows where you are every, you know, oh, right. Yeah. Every sure. five minutes. Because we all have our phones charged and like, and they're always on us. and they're with us. Yeah. And, I just think of the, the first uh, season of Serial. They talk about, you know, where did this girl disappear and yeah. they can track uh, the, the cell phone tower pings. And this was, that was years ago. So it's yeah. got to be way more advanced now. Yeah, that was yeah. amazing. Except for Yelp. I was yelping things in Las Vegas in February, and Yelp still thinks I'm in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have I have some apps like that too. Like that. every time, like I've I've yelped things closer to where I've been maybe a dozen times since then, and mm-hmm. but still every time I log into Yelp, it's like, are you looking for vegetarian restaurants in Las Vegas, Nevada? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. I have a similar problem with Grubhub. Because I ordered something when I was in Chicago. It's from an Italian restaurant, yeah. and now I keep getting the emails that are like, because you liked Salvatore's. You might like, and then there's all these delicious pictures of food in Chicago that I could, you know, should be <laughs> right. ordering. Like, no, I can't get that. Well, I guess the moral of the story of that is, guys, the tinfoil hats are not necessary. Oh, okay. Because yeah. we, Scott, you can remove yours. Yeah, take off your tinfoil hat. I do it for hat. the fashion. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a good look on you. Because yeah. we've already given away, freely away, our location Absolutely. information. And uh, all the government has to do is request it from Google or Facebook, and they'll get it. Well, don't mm-hmm. forget now, recently... There's that new app that everybody's been using on Facebook to oh, prematurely yes. age themselves. Because, you know, why yeah. wouldn't you want to do that? I, I, <laughs> no, I mean, first of all, I'm too vain to do it. I have no desire. Like, I saw some gray hairs in my beard the other no. day, and I was trying to convince myself it was uh, sunscreen. Oh, I'm like, it's obviously, just, it's obviously just sunscreen, people. <laughs> well, everybody's been talking about how to use the app there's the the terms include like we can use your picture for anything we want basically just kind of like all the other social media mm-hmm. apps that we have well and, and that's right and it's funny um that actually the democratic party yesterday uh they issued a warning to all people who they told everybody who works for the democratic party not to use face app what because because in 2016 the democratic party was hacked and so those emails came in and they were eventually like that was the that's how we learned that John Podesta, Bill Clinton's former chief of staff, had a meeting scheduled with Tom DeLong from 1982. <laughs> uh was because I I think that hack was worth it just for that there email. <laughs> um but we can we're gonna talk more about uh, Tom DeLong conspiracy theories in a little bit. But they specifically said because uh the development of that particular app uh was Russian Okay. They're trying to forward the entire. It's it's still it's we're going with the Russian conspiracy theory. Yeah. That it's the you know the any any kind of facial information you send now is going to be used by the Russians. Well, right, and I mean now they know what we're all going to look like. 
when we're yeah. all old. So like that's I, critical information. You know, I I think that the results of that app it's though disturbing. are disturbing. It's disturbing because because they're spectacular. They look real. Yes. yes, yes. When you look at those pictures, you're like, holy crap, that's really yeah. good. And you compare that to when you see. Hey, this kid went missing uh, in 1980, right. so and so. Here's our projected what they look like now. It's not nearly as good as no. what we're seeing on this app. No, no. The people, right? The people who do this app need to get into something positive, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but they they need to get into like profiler work and yeah. stuff like that immediately because it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll tell you what scared me about it was that before I was familiar with the fact that there is an app doing such things, mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple people posted pictures of themselves in my Facebook feed and they're you know how there's you have a lot of acquaintances that you yeah. don't necessarily see very often yes 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 yes. yes. and I was just kind of scrolling as as you do and I'm like oh gosh wow that person's looking rough like, <laughs> and it happened to me you know two or three times before I started then I realized, realized. The app. I gotta make more regular contact with these people <laughs> you know? right. or, or just delete them and yeah. <laughs> like okay if I haven't seen them in that long yeah. but I'm like wow my friends are aging really terribly <laughs> yeah well we're that age though too when all of a sudden you look at somebody you and know they, like yeah. people start looking old yeah which is why I've no desire to use the face I know, app to I don't age wanna... myself forget it no yeah. I got a mirror for that yeah. <laughs> also I use uh, I use facial uh, you know face ID to open my phone. Oh, I thought you were going to say you use facial moisturizer, so you will not have that many wrinkles someday. I, I did use facial moisturizer after I shaved today. There's no uh, no shame in that game. But you use the the face recognition use, for your phone. I to use facial recognition, it. and so if now people are saying that FaceApp they own every single picture in your phone if you give them access to it. Do they also have access to the thousand? photos that apple took of my face to develop the oh, face id interesting hmm. you know because that would be a thing like now they right. have maybe now they have detailed pictures of all these people is this a new way to develop a way into the next generation yeah. of facial recognition yeah. technology well i was thinking you know what if somebody who's that age now and resembles your likeness that they fabricate uh-huh. committed a crime and then they tag like oh that's my puberty yeah when in reality, it's just somebody who looks who, like he was an old man. It <laughs> <laughs> looks like future you. Well, I think that's already going to happen with the deep fake stuff. Oh, man, yeah. that's so scary. So if you guys don't yeah. know what deep fake stuff is, it's, it's using the same kind of technology they use in the face app. And I'm sure you guys have seen just log on to Facebook and one of your friends will have a picture of them as an old person. <laughs> and so you'll see what we're talking about because it's spectacular. It is amazing. And it looks real. And you're like, holy crap. It's like, a little too convincing. I thought this person looked bad now. <laughs> um, but... Uh, so deep fake is where you can take someone else's face and put it on a different actor mm-hmm. face off. <laughs> um, we don't make enough Nicolas Cage and John Travolta jokes on this show, I think. Nice. Uh, but the thing is, um, so you could take as long as they have enough pictures to use the AI to, to create that fake face over the other actor, you can make anybody look like they're doing anything mm-hmm. and they've been doing this with pornography they've been taking oh, like a man this is, i mean this yeah. is a, they've been taking like famous actresses faces and putting them into like on the face of porno stars sure. so it looks like it's the actual it's the actual actress doing it and it's not perfect and i i had to, did it for research for this episode <laughs> there we go i had Very to good of you watch Mike. it i mean i only used one eye um <laughs> so the other eye would not be perverted but you're watching it and you're like it's not perfect, but, but it's good enough. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's good enough for today. No, um, no, but really, it it looks really it good. Does. Like deep fakes are coming, guys. The scary yeah. thing was uh, the example they made with I think it was President Obama talking, and they just had him saying something that he would never say. Yeah, know? Jordan it, Peele was doing the voice. Oh, okay, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. an impersonator doing the voice, but then they had you know obviously there's so much footage of him speaking. Right, they have virtually every facial. You know, every moment of every expression. So it just recreated it. And that was scary to me because it's when you see video of the president speaking, you just assume you do because that's how it's been for our whole lives until now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it looks a lot better than, um, you know, this this only did one uh, pilot on MTV, though, but it was developed by a guy from Madison from The Onion, uh, Scott Dickers. It was called called Virtual Bill. And it was a computer generated Bill Clinton. And uh, like a comedy with a computer-generated uh-huh. Bill Clinton virtual bill. <laughs> okay. And uh, it only you know it only ran for one episode, and it was 
uh, pretty cheesy, like 1990s computer generator. But it's not sure. even Toy Story level okay. of computer, <laughs> you know, CGI. But today, um, with deepfake, you wouldn't even need the kind of processor and stuff like that that they had back then. You could do this on a fairly like not even supercomputer or anything to do it. Yeah, so we yeah. could have virtual Obama. Uh, you don't really need virtual Donald Trump. He'll, he'll just say whatever he wants say, to anyway. Yeah. Like um, <laughs> you don't have to put words in his mouth. But uh, There's a very unusual uh, version of The Shining that is slowly being released on YouTube now in, in bits. And it is uh, The Shining, the classic 1975 Kubrick film. Speaking of Kubrick, we'll get back to him later yeah, in this episode. Uh, but starring Jim Carrey. So they put Jim Carrey's face on top of Jack Nicholson's oh, performance, man. and oh. uh, it's well, trippy. That's <laughs> well, Jim weird. Carrey should be doing something because he hasn't done anything in a while. <laughs> so I guess this is the best thing we can ask for. But you know, uh, deep fakes are going to change conspiracy theories because mm. then you like we can have video footage of someone. Yeah. They it's can proof, yeah. and they can just say that's not me. And then the, like the conspiracy of like well. What are they hiding from us? That you know, they they claim that was a deep fake, yeah. but it was really them. You can basically undo anything that you've said that's on record, and like accuse it of being a fake, and blame it on the Russians. <laughs> basically, you can just say, "Well, you know who did it? Russians, uh, the bad guys." Yeah, they're back. They're just a convenient, like they're a convenient bad guy, and we can blame Stranger Things for that, of course. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's all that uh, 1980s nostalgia that's making us scared. <laughs> we're gonna have to, um, we're gonna have to listen to that Sting Rusky song again to realize that we're all just one people who just want to get along, man. And this is this is Yakov Shmirov's time to come back. He's oh, relevant again. He could write yes. in Putin's Russia. <laughs> okay. So speaking of favorite conspiracy theories and everything, let's talk a little bit about the new movie Sort of Trust uh, from director Lynn Shelton. Uh, she did a really good movie called Hump Day, which, well, you, that sounds great. Just watch it. It's uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's um, it's a funny one. She's into. There's a style of movie called mumblecore, and it's very it's 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 very subtle. It it the humor is more subtle, and the uh, the actors don't act like. Zach Galifianakis or anything like that. <laughs> right, the jokes come from not understanding any of the lines. Uh, but it's, uh, oh, who did the, um, the guy that was in Safety Not Guaranteed? Oh. And he had a show on HBO, uh, Duplass, Mark Duplass yes. and the Duplass brothers. They like do that kind of mumblecore kind of where nothing too outrageous happens and none of the actors act outrageous. It's a, it's a more like subtle and subdued form of comedy. And so that's what kind of Lynn Shelton, this director, specializes ah, in. Ah, okay. And, and so this particular film is about a couple that finds a Civil War sword. They're, they inherit it from their uh, grandfather who d- dies. And they take the sword to an uh, antique shop owner played by Mark Maron. And he tries to find the best value for it. And then he stumbles into this online world of conspiracies that this is the sword that proves that the South actually won the war. (laughs) And there's a, you know, and this is fictional, obviously. And there's a group, because I was trying to find if there really was a group of Civil War truthers out there. I'm like, are there people who really, like, because first of all, if the conspiracy is that the South really won the war... They've done a really good job of hiding it, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> and they did a really good job all the way through Reconstruction, um, and the fact that you know that so much poverty is centered down there that uh, yeah, really worked. Uh, but either way, but, but that's the, that's the idea of the comedy is that that he goes into this in, this world of uh, Southern conspiracy theorists, uh, hoping to find the best price for the sort. And then we were at South by this year, uh, Scott. You got to work at the red carpet, right? And just real yeah. quick, that's the South by Southwest Film Festival. Yes, not that the, you're referring not the music. to. Yep, during, yes. during film. And and yeah, it's always abbreviated SXSW. So if you ever hear about a festival and called that, yeah. that's what it actually yeah. how you say it. Somebody Southwest. tries to say it like sucks them. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, uh, Wendy was my uh, wonderful camera assistant on this one, so we will have a little bit of video to show, but also, uh, in addition to working for the International Screenwriters Association, while I was down there and interviewing these people asking typical uh, writing and filmmaking questions, I thought, well, let's get, a, let's get a see you on the other side question in to each actor and person I could talk to as well, and find out what their favorite conspiracy theories were. 
Sweet. Yeah. So let's listen to them. All right. So here we go. At the South by Southwest Film Festival, we first met up with writer-director Lynn Shelton, who you might know from Laggies or Hump Day, uh, alongside Mark Marin, who you definitely know as a stand-up comic turned actor who is really known for his TV show Marin and Glow, as well as being the host of the very popular podcast WTF. Well, I, I don't want to say it because it's revealed in the movie. Okay. One of the characters is has... And yeah, it's it's a good reveal, so I don't want to give it away. Oh, that oh yeah. Well, for me, like what, personally, which one uh, do I find interesting? Yeah. I'm old school. I think the the Book of Revelation is probably the <laughs> the biggest one to worry about. That that conspiracy is being enacted on purpose and uh, dubious. I think doesn't have to end that way. Doesn't have to end that way. Now, improv comic Timothy Paul. This is a conspiracy theory movie. Do you have a favorite conspiracy theory of your own? Oh my god, religion? Thank you so much. Mark Marin had your answer too. Did he really? Okay, I get to choke him in the movie, so that was fun. In the next clip, you'll hear from two great comedy actresses. The first you'll hear is Michaela Watkins, who has been in New Girl and Trophy Wife and Transparent, but really is best known for her starring role in the Hulu series Casual. She'll be joined by Julian Bell, who has been in all sorts of things lately, including Rough Night, 22 Jump Street, Office Christmas Party. But perhaps she's best known as being that wacky co-worker in the Comedy Central series Workaholics. Oh, oh, um, God, yes. Oh. But uh, that anyone who's dead is alive. I just want to believe that no one's ever died and that cemeteries are just really cool parks. Um, I think we're all going to find out that um, sugar and raw meat is like really good for you. <laughs> Stand-up comedian Whitmer Thomas. I don't know, you know. Uh, my favorite conspiracy, I don't know, moon landing, classic. Stanley Kubrick directed it. I don't believe it, but I like it. <laughs> Veteran actor Toby Huss has over 140 credits to his name, but perhaps he's best known for his voice work, annoying Hank Hill as both Hank Hill's dad and his neighbor Khan in the TV series King of the Hill. I like I like this one that they were talking about because I didn't know if it was real or not. Then I checked on the internet, and I don't I don't necessarily think there's a lot of a lot of realness to it, but I think there should be. I think it's a great idea. So maybe this is. Ground zero for this conspiracy to really start. Let's hope. So there you go. Kind of what you're getting at is maybe this wasn't isn't uh, a conspiracy theory that exists yet, but maybe this is the impetus that <laughs> the people will the, the the new one people will start, start to talk about it online and be like, hey, this kind of checks um, out. <laughs> the danger of writing a script like that, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how, when Toby says, well, let's hope. I don't know if you should hope. That, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, I think it's a great one. Let's get it started. Well, he was on King of the Hill. He probably lives in Austin. So yeah. they'd be a Texan support for that. But uh, up here. It will rise again. <laughs> right. You know, I think it's funny that, number one, we really got everybody off guard there. Yes. A little bit. Yeah, think, nobody else in my this line was asking that question. Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah, they, a lot of people you could tell were not prepared. No, I don't know. Like, <laughs> for that question. It's like, they just bring out the classic smug religion, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> um, like, thank you. Uh, it's not the Dark Ages anymore, Richard Dawkins. <laughs> but no, that that's great. And so... I love the fact that somebody actually came up with a real one, mm. the moon landing. Oh, yes. yeah. You know, uh, particularly, and I, I want to get to that, but before we, you know, leave sort of trust, I want to talk a little bit about the, there were conspiracies about the Civil War, mm -hmm. um, even mm. uh, real ones, or at least ones that people thought were real, even if they weren't necessarily related to uh, the, the South actually winning the Civil War. And something I only heard about for the first time when uh, we were doing research for this particular episode uh, was something called the Dahlgren Affair. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, it's an incident in the Civil War. It, uh, there's a failed Union raid on Richmond, Virginia on March 2nd, 1864. So we're already getting near the end of the yeah. war. And uh, the Union does a raid on Richmond, hoping to take the capital, and it doesn't work out. And so the raid's commanding officer, his name is Ulrich Dahlgren... <laughs> Which, even for 1860s, you know, standards or whatever, that's a crazy name. Like, that, like that's a name, like, that's a, like, that's a 14th century name, I think. <laughs> and he's going in there 
to like if he's going to raid Richmond, Virginia, and then he gets killed outside of Richmond near the King and Queen Country Courthouse trying to free Union prisoners. And so uh, a little kid named William Littlepage discovers his body looks through his pockets for a pocket watch. So this, so William Littlepage is going to rob Ulrich Dahlgren. A young little thief. Right. And what do you, and a guy named Ulrich Dahlgren, like you're supposed to find like a scroll or something. Yeah. <laughs> like he, that's like a character you kill in a D&D game. Um, instead, he finds a pocketbook and two folded papers. Uh, he turns them over to his teacher, who's a captain in the Confederate Virginia Home Guard. And he examines the papers and he says that they contain signed orders from the Union Army to assassinate Jefferson Davis. Whoa. Okay. So that's what gets put into the Southern newspapers. That And, and this kind of like outrages the South, that this idea that the Northerners were going to come in and just assassinate their president. Like not yeah. defeat them on the battlefield, sure. but go in and try to, try to win the war. It's like killing the head vampire and then all the <laughs> <Yeah>. other vampires <laughs> just, you know, either they turn back into the, they turn all in the smoke or whatever. Or glitter. Yeah. <laughs> or glitter, depending on which nice. vampire movie you're watching. Uh, and they assassinate Jefferson Davis. And so people get outraged. And, you know, President Lincoln, he hears about it. He's like, it's a forgery. It's not like we didn't really try to do assassination. It was just a, it was just a raid. Um, the North denies it. And so it's this idea that uh, the conspiracy was that they, uh, once they found the bodies and this, this captain decided to try to do a propaganda. Mm -hmm. uh, like he tried to create Southern propaganda by spreading the rumor that the North was trying to kill Jefferson Davis. And he knew it would you know, set people off. And so that's why he reported that. So, mm -hmm. you know, we don't know the truth yeah. of it. Uh, we just know that, you know, there was that stuff on Union Stationery that said they yeah. should kill Jefferson Davis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought that was interesting because... Uh, either it's a conspiracy by the South or a conspiracy by the yeah. North, and yeah. they're both denying it. To, you know, they're both denying it. So someone's lying here, <laughs> and but they're both weaponizing it. Right, right. They're, right. They're both weaponizing the information and trying to use it to you know to further their cause. One that how dare, uh, you know how how dare the North try to assassinate the president and stuff like that, even though we know what happens to Abraham Lincoln afterwards mm -hmm. and there's tons of conspiracies about what happened to abraham Lincoln oh gosh well. i bet so uh th this is an example of something real that happened and it's a conspiracy that either on both sides that was used during the war mm -hmm. and for propaganda to make people think a certain thing yeah and so when we talk about how conspiracy theories are stupid or whatever and the mm -hmm. people who believe in them are idiots um here's a real one that was used yeah. you know in in warfare, you know, during the during the time that they talk about in Sort of Trust. And I haven't seen the movie. You guys, it came out on Friday, so... Yeah, very small opening so far. Uh, I think it's IFC Films is putting it out, and there's only in, I think, two theaters uh, when it first opened, and hopefully it'll launch bigger. And, and sometimes they put things out there just to get a little bit of screen time, get the press. You know, they, sure. A lot of these guys have been doing uh, the late-night talk shows lately, uh, so that when they now bring it onto their channel ifc channel people will be ready to tune in so ah. it could be just a pre-marketing campaign we'll see where it goes hopefully it stays in theaters because i'd like to see it yeah me big. too yeah i want i want to see it too and um you know it took me a while to warm up to mark Marin, but i love him now like i think he's great and one of the reviews actually even said that uh they think that it's the best performance of the year wow that's All awesome right. i'm like yeah yeah for, i'm like you mean the the, the dude from wtf like, all right, <laughs> all right, let's see it. So I can't wait to see the movie, and it looks good. And that was, um, thank you for asking those questions, yeah. Scott. That was great to yeah. sneak that in there on them. Well, yeah, it was, it was catching flat-footed. But so it's interesting, because while those guys are not, those are, you know, actors and filmmakers that aren't down the rabbit hole like we like to go, uh, they, they all do talk about little various aspects of known conspiracy theories there. You know, the religion aspect, of, of course, powerful people have been using religion as means to keep the working class people down in different ways throughout all of history. Uh, even, you know, kings or whatnot saying that, well, God told me you should do this. That kind of <laughs> right. like just right. over abuse of power. Uh, it got uh, Watkins who was talking about, you know, what, what food is actually good for you. Because, you know, right. does the food lobby want to just market a certain thing to get certain sales? Or maybe the, the pharma industry wants us to eat unhealthy so that now we got to take cholesterol medication and whatnot. Or the government is feeding us 
exactly chemicals oh yeah and then you know all the fluoride (laughs) paranoia like oh it can protect your well i mean the food stuff's already been proven i mean the fact that the uh the people that designed the food pyramid that we grew up with so if you're younger than uh i'm sorry if you're older than 25 years old um we grew up with a food pyramid that basically said it's not even a pyramid anymore (laughs) yeah they basically said like just go kill a cow eat as much (laughs) of it as you can carbs are the best thing in the world their foundation lots of bread (laughs) I mean, Amy Schumer has that great routine where she just goes, remember bread, ladies? <laughs> you know, because it was a thing you could eat. <laughs> like, you know, and now, when's the last time, like, I th- I think about that every time I even have a sandwich. I'm like, oh, I know. shouldn't I be eating more protein <laughs> here? It's a guilty pleasure <laughs> thing. empty bread. calories. Yeah, or it's like, I'm... Yeah, think about how much bread you used to eat before the meal even oh came out of the restaurant. I mean, some of us still do. All right. Yeah. The Olive Garden, I used to have like six breadsticks before like the meal even <laughs> oh, started. Yeah. And so good. Na- right. And now I'd be like, hold on a second. That's my death <laughs> staring at me. I've, that's face app on a plate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Julian Bell, finally, uh, you know, she talks about death being uh, being her conspiracy theory, which is weird. At first, it makes you think of like, is Elvis really dead? Did mm-hmm. they fake different assassinations? Uh, but I like her idea that death itself is a conspiracy. Right, yeah. that nobody actually dies, but this is this threat of death that might affect the living somehow. <laughs> that's a very tr- cool. That's a very yeah. transformative idea there because she's just like. Uh, what if death only happens because we think it's going to happen? Yeah. Nice. You know, like what if we just never thought about it and then <laughs> it never happened to us? Let's try. Well, yeah. you know, going on, one of the most interesting uh, things that I found when I was looking for different Civil War conspiracy theories is the idea, and this is also going with the uh, the religious aspect, is that the, the Roman Catholic Church... Uh, might have been behind Lincoln's assassination. Oh, wow. I have not heard this Whoa. one. Okay. This is... Uh, I've, I've not heard this one. The Pope nobody else will wear a hat as big as mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, so there's uh, Roger, RogerJNorton.com. This guy's got uh, some great stuff on Lincoln assassination theories on his site. Um, some of them seem kind of reasonable. Uh, number one, that Andrew Johnson, the vice president, might have been involved with Booth. Now, Johnson was from the opposing party. This is back in the day... When the person who got second place became the vice president. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's how it, that's how it used to be. Um, okay, hold on. Imagine if Hillary Clinton was Donald Trump's <laughs> vice president. Oh. We, it, it would like... Oh, my gosh. It would be, I want to live in this alternate uh, reality. I was right. going to say, the, the, it would be a White House full of lizard people. Um, <laughs> but just imagine that, like, if they, like, they had to appear at events together and, and stuff to like that. They live in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> they don't come to work every day. They just they they draw a line, yeah. You know, in the White House, like don't cross that line onto my side. Yeah. Oh man. Um. So Andrew Johnson being involved with Booth, and there's there's a whole bunch of things with this idea. There was a group of people who Booth conspired with in order to uh, get into Ford's mm-hmm. theater and shoot the president. In fact, that was even a popular conspiracy theory at the time. Um. The uh. The doctor who took care of Booth's injuries, Mud Samuel yeah, Mud, like he, I mean, he went to prison. Yeah, for the idea that they said he was part of the conspiracy wow. theory. I remember when I was a kid watching a movie about it, and now I don't know if this is true, but the term "Your name is Mud." Yeah, yeah. that comes from him, right? I've heard that. that I've heard that too. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if that's really there, but it, it's at least there in my head now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does make sense. Right, kind because of. you know you helped out the guy that killed the president. You're going down. Your name is Mud. You're in deep mm-hmm. trouble. Yeah, and um, so it, it, this idea that a group of people had conspired because how else would they get to the most protected man in the world just when he's watching a play? So okay, let's get back to the Catholic Church. And this is coming from uh, RogerJNorton.com. He's done the research, and thanks, Rog. In 1886, an ex-priest by the name of Charles Shinnequay wrote a book titled 50 Years in the Church of Rome, which portrayed the assassination of Lincoln as a Catholic grand conspiracy. Shinnequay maintained that Jefferson Davis had offered $1 million if someone would kill the author of the bloodshed. Shinnequay wrote that the money could be offered, but that, quote, the Jesuits alone could select the assassins, train them, and show them a crown of glory in heaven, unquote. Booth was the tool of the Jesuits. He was corrupted and directed by the Vatican. In 1906, Shinnequay said the president, Abraham Lincoln, was assassinated by the priests and Jesuits of Rome. In 1856, Lincoln had defended Shinnequay in court. 
so when Lincoln was a lawyer, he actually defended this guy that wrote the book about him saying that the, the Vatican killed Lincoln. Uh, Shinnequay had quarreled with his bishop and then was sued uh, for slander by one of the bishop's friends. And then a morals charge was also involved. The case was heard May 20th, 20th to 22nd, 1856 in Urbana, Illinois. And Lincoln arranged for a compromise settlement, but Chinoque interpreted the settlement as a victory over the church, and he said that he felt some Jesuits held Lincoln responsible for the settlement. Then somebody else. 1897, Thomas M. Harris, a member of the 1865 Military Commission that was looking into the death of Abraham Lincoln, he wrote a book called Rome's Responsibility for the Assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. And there's like several other books all between um, the late 1890s and the early 1900s, democracy under siege, the Jesuits attempt to destroy the popular government of the United States, the true story of Abraham Lincoln's death, the suppressed truth about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln by Burke McCarty in 1924. The opening sentence to Burke's book is, in all the bloody history of the papacy, perhaps in no one man, as in Abraham Lincoln, was there concentrated such a multitude of reasons for his annihilation by that system. Big talk. Yeah. So <laughs> what's going on here? Like this idea that the papacy was involved in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, um, that they were in favor of slavery. And that's why uh, they considered uh, they considered Lincoln one of their uh one of their enemies. Targets, yeah. And so that's what I thought was mm. like the most interesting yeah. conspiracy theory because you never think the Pope would be behind the assassination. You can think, <laughs> you think you're a, a Southern separatist or somebody who was sure. mad that their brother got killed in the war or something like that, um, but not the Pope who's going to be like, we are going to kill uh, Abe. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I guess, I guess religion is um, one, of our go, one, of our, one of our favorite conspiracies. <laughs> That's well, and and there were uh, multiple people that were executed in connection to the uh, the Lincoln assassination, including the first woman ever executed on U.S. soil was executed. Oh, I didn't realize that yeah. she was wow. the first one. I believe so. Yeah, and well, maybe the first like uh, when it was United States, because like the Salem witch trials killed some oh, chicks. Oh, sure, sure. Um, killed some chicks. See, I just nice. float over nice. that really. Really sensitive there, Mike. <laughs> but, but we can blame that on the monarchy in, in that era. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Stupid English. And, and apparently uh, the phrase, my name is Mud, first appeared before Samuel Mudd was born. So that okay. is, uh, but I believed it too. I, I had heard right. that and believed it as well. We probably saw the same movie. Or whatever. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, you know, but, but that kind of conspiracy theory, uh, like people do, you know, why, why was the president killed? So just as many conspiracy theories about Abraham Lincoln that they had in the 1860s as we had about John F. Kennedy in the 1960s. Yeah. And not even that different when you think about how things are the same. Uh, you know, people talked about LBJ. And even, I mean, even the movie JFK, mm-hmm. directed by Oliver Stone, suggests that LBJ was complicit in the death of John F. Kennedy. Mm. So is that that's not that different than saying that Andrew Johnson sure. yeah. was also involved, the vice president at the time was involved in the death of Abraham Lincoln. So I just think that, you know, in 100 years apart, and they always talk about the similarities between Kennedy and Lincoln. Of course, yeah. Like Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy that's had right. a secretary named Lincoln. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> they both had vice presidents named Johnson. Oh, oh. Yeah, but there is a the, the list is huge though. I know, it's I know. Like somebody, it's fun to read. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those are just a couple of different things on Southern conspiracy theories. But we also wanted to make sure we talked a little bit about one of the big ones from the past fifty years for this gigantic mm-hmm. anniversary yeah. that's happening yeah. on Saturday, and that is the fiftieth anniversary of humans landing on the moon, or at least humans telling other people that we landed <laughs> exactly. on the moon. Right. It was it was the release date is what we're celebrating here of uh, when all these <laughs> Americans watch this greatest film ever shown. Right. Um, you know, it's funny. First of all. Watching all these moon landing retrospectives on television and seeing that on the news and the videos and YouTube and stuff is they keep on repeating the one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And I, even as a kid, I was like, don't those things mean the same thing? Right? But he no. just misspoke no. it because he was too, he, was, he misspoke because he was too excited. Because it was supposed to be for a man. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so he flubs the biggest line yeah. of all time. <laughs> You know, I think we forgive him for Send that. Send it back up. Let's do a take two. Of this. I was gonna. I was. Couldn't that? It, that's that's why I think it's real. Uh, <laughs> that's all you need. Sure. Because why wouldn't they just correct that? He'd be like one small step. Authenticity, Mike. Neil, 
Neil, the line is a man. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Take two. You know, like, just... yeah, but it's more authentic because <laughs> a real human messes up. So that makes that's true. The film seem even more. And he's crapping his pants because he's looking at the monsters on the moon and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Or maybe the Nazis came out of their moon base. <laughs> there we go. Oh, my gosh. They're up there mining cheese. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that was uh, so I love hearing that each time because each time I'm like, yeah, I, I just remember being a kid. And then I asked my dad that and he's just like. Well, it's a, it's a great line, boy. Just don't worry about it. Just roll with it. <laughs> Just let it go. Uh, so I got gaslit by my father. Um, <laughs> Ouch. Okay, but so the first time it really comes out that people think that the um, that we didn't really land on the moon uh, comes out in this 1974 book, and it's you know it's written by somebody who actually was who who worked for the company that developed the Saturn V rocket. Oh okay. wow! And so Some credibility was, there. Yeah. Well, he didn't really know anything about rockets. They hired him as a tech. <laughs> they they hired him to head their technical writing division. Now he was uh-huh. a Navy officer yeah. and he had a BA in English. So he wasn't a rocket scientist, really. He, he truly was not a rocket scientist. He was just a guy that probably was good at editing. Mm-hmm. Right, so he's a tech, he's a tech writer, and so he writes this book. We never went to the moon. America's thirty billion dollar swindle. Now, actually, it comes out in nineteen seventy six, and this is where he goes in to say that you know he he worked for the company that built the Saturn V, and he believes that it was faked. He thinks that there's no way that we actually could have gotten men to the moon in time because the first Apollo mission in nineteen sixty seven it blows up. Mm-hmm. on the launch pad and three right. astronauts die yeah. and uh you know he says that uh well how how can two years later suddenly we actually get you know we actually get to the moon and we were joking about this before but in 1980 the, the flat earth society and so we're already this is already coming from a place of non-science as much as you can what, yeah. <laughs> what? the earth's not it's not round spoiler alert we you know, the thing is, is that it, for a little bit, I can see why people like could believe that in the Flat Earth Society, because and I, I go I go back to when one of my friends asked space fact or fiction. Oh, well, you're talking about. No, like, no. I But just the idea that somebody like somebody was somebody somebody was smoking the wacky tobacco. <laughs> right. But what I mean is like he's like, have you ever seen space? Like, well, you no, know, you see the sky. But he's like, what if... Have you ever seen a molecule, man? Yeah. Well, that's that's the same kind of thing. And so when you're... It's everything based on trust. Things we, you talk about when you're high. Well, <laughs> what, really, though, it's this idea that um, do you really believe every single thing that you are taught? And so I'm not saying that the Flat Earth Society is correct. Or that NASA's lying to us. But I'm saying you can see why people, if they can't touch it, feel it, see it for themselves, they might have some kind of doubt. But here's what they say. They say that um, the moon landings uh, were actually shot uh, in Hollywood. So, oh, no, they weren't shot. They were shot on air, at, at Area 51 mm-hmm. based on a script by Arthur C. Clarke and directed by Stanley Kubrick. And I can see why that they thought Arthur C. Clarke and Stanley Kubrick, because yeah, they would be a good tandem. They worked together on 2001, and that was the first time you had really awesome special effects in a movie. That's mm-hmm. the first time you had really awesome space, space effects, yeah, like special effects in a movie. Because before then, it really looked like a piece of plastic or whatever yeah. flying through, <laughs> and like stars in the background that would shake a little bit or whatever. And in 2001, you're like, this looks like how we imagine space to be. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why I, I can think why people think it's fake. Because our idea of space doesn't come from space itself. It comes from yeah. images we're shown. Mm-hmm. 1978, the movie Capricorn One comes out. Capricorn One, uh, the plot of that movie is that they faked a, a landing on Mars. Um, so this is already a plot of a science fiction film that a lot of people have seen, that I remember seeing, as, not in 1978 because I'd been two, and I'd been like, what's that? <laughs> um, but in this era, in the late 1970s, um, people hate the government. Like, even if you think about people hate the government now, yeah. in the late 1970s, they kick, like, Nixon gets kicked out of office. He's lying to people. They're in the middle of, you know, Jimmy Carter's recession, 
And mm-hmm. what's, you know, what's happening in the late 1970s where people are waiting in line for gas. Yeah, yeah. And gas goes from 25 cents a gallon to like a buck 50 or whatever. Like it's a, like everybody's life changes and everybody blame the government for it. Mm-hmm. So this is just another easy way to get angry about something, <laughs> um, to think that we didn't really land on the moon. Right. And that, okay, so why, why would it be good for NASA to fake it? Especially we get to July 20th, 1969. Especially for that date specifically? And, but even 1969. Oh, okay. I know it's all about the space race. Right. And Kennedy said... In his initial thing about the space race, he challenges Soviets. Who's going to get to the moon first? And let's do it by the end of the decade. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. And he says it even. He's like, we got it by the end of the 1960s. We're going to get to the. We're going to get to the moon. And he, that's the challenge yeah. he makes. And then we were in the red zone. Right, it's time to go. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and the Soviets had a failed. Like they they couldn't get their program to work, even though they started off kicking butt. Like mm-hmm. the Soviets landed a rocket on the moon in 1959. So wow. they got there super. They got there yeah. ten years before we did, but they just couldn't get there with a person. Yeah, they had fleets of dogs up there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we had this, um, you know, and like after they launched Sputnik, we try to launch Vanguard in the late 1950s. It fails, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. our our space program fails, and then 1967, our astronauts die on the launch pad. Mm-hmm. Fails, um, and then two years later. You know, one small step for man. Yeah. Like it's there. And so people just, you know, this guy comes out with this book. It's a big swindle. Mm. Even though NASA did the full accounting and it was only $25 billion. It wasn't 30 billion. Oh. So, (laughs) I mean, mean, you know, what's 5 billion among friends? (laughs) (laughs) If your friends are Jeff Bezos and Peter Thiel, right? (laughs) But, you know, this continues. And now in the present era, like this gets even more of a... Because people love conspiracy theories more than ever, and we have YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. So, everybody's got a, a a mouthpiece, just like us. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> like we're talking about it. Like you used to have to like find distribution for your project or talking about it. Sure. Now you just you, you can make a little movie about how you think the moon landing's fake, mm-hmm. and you know people go into it. They say, "All right, well, you know, if they actually were on the moon and they're taking pictures, then how come there's no stars in the background?" Oh right, yeah. 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 When's the last time you guys took a picture at night? Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, a thing in film called the contrast ratio, where the <laughs> brightest thing on this on, on film uh, can only be a hundred times brighter than the darkest thing, and everything be- below that uh, threshold is just black. Huh. So that's the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. So that's why when you see the beautiful big moon and you want to take a picture with your cell phone, yeah, and then you take a picture and you're like. Okay, the moon just looks like a dot, and yeah. there's like nothing else in the it sky. It always looks like crap. <laughs> it looks yeah. horrible. Like you're looking at the moon, you're like, I gotta, I gotta, sh- I gotta show the world yes. this. And then you do, yeah. and you're like, oh, it feels it's, stupid. Yeah. And then you're like, I probably should have just been enjoying that moment yeah. with my eyes and not wasting time. A quarter time. on, a, on right. asphalt, you know? <laughs> right. You know, we're also uh, in 19, so 1969, um, we're coming to end. Are we gonna make Kennedy's deadline? Mm-hmm. And it's a race with the Soviets that we don't want to lose. And also, we're already losing the Vietnam War at the time. Yeah. Like, the, it's super we unpopular. Pride. And I mean, that was one of the things that got Nixon elected because Lyndon Johnson, because Vietnam was so unpopular, he's like, I'm not going to run again for president. I'm not even going to bother because he thought he would just lose. And then, uh, you know, Richard Nixon's like, oh, I'm going to figure out a way to end the war, the peace. Uh, with dignity, I can't, if, if that was a certain thing, he was like, "We can get a, you know, we can still leave and 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 be, have a dignified out." Like he mm-hmm. promised an out to the American people, and that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons he got elected. And so it's this idea that NASA's going to save face, uh, like it's going to save America's yeah, face, yeah. you know, in the world. And would they, you know, the moon landing? Would it be a such a great PR thing for the U.S. and make everybody feel so good that? You know, who cares if it's fake? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. obviously, we care if it's fake. I, <laughs> right. But I always thought it was the stupidest of all conspiracy theories. Because I can believe that there's people in power who think they know what's best for us. Uh, in fact, this is uh, a particular quote that I read. And this is this is from a NASA uh, manager. Uh, the, uh, sorry, the, the director of mission operations, John C. Harpold. And this isn't in the 1960s. This is in 2003. And this is actually before the space shuttle Columbia blew up on reentry. And he was discussing with one of his, uh, with one of his employees about, well, what if something happened um, that they, you know, 
what if something happened uh, to the shuttle on takeoff and then they can't re-enter the atmosphere without blowing up? You know, what we do in a situation like this? And he goes, you know, there's nothing we can do if there's damage to the thermal protection system. If it's been damaged, it's probably better not to know. I think the crew would rather not know. Don't you think it would be better for them to have a happy, successful flight and die unexpectedly during entry than to stay on orbit knowing that there was nothing to be done until the air ran out? That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's exactly what happened. Now, I'm not saying that they knew. This is a conspiracy theory. That they knew that the the space shuttle Columbia was going to, you know, was going to burn up on reentry. It was such a tragedy. I remember seeing the footage on TV mm -hmm. and it was horrible. Mm. Um, I'm not saying they knew about it, but even if they did know about it, the director of operations at NASA says, well, we probably wouldn't tell the crew because... You know, how horrible would that be for them just to know they're going to die in the air? Well, I mean, I see where he's coming from, but it seems like that could be a question that, I don't know, you fill out with your application when you get started or something like that. Like, how do we handle this hypothetical? Right. And it's an ethical thing that you would hopefully have the choice of making that decision as a crew member, (laughs) you know, in advance, maybe. I don't know. And well, this is like going back to the whole space thing idea. It's not that I think that these conspiracy theories are necessarily true. It's just that I can see why people... Like, there's fun conspiracy theories to believe in. David Icke and the lizard people, which isn't even that far off if you think of most people's conspiracy theories about elites. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just just replace lizard people with elites and you have any populist candidate running. Sure. Um, You know, or just replace lizard people with rich people and you've got Bernie Sanders' campaign speech in a... uh, in a, a nutshell. And, you know, people sometimes will believe that other people think they know what's best for them and then will try to control them. And here's a direct example of NASA saying, we do know what's best for them. And uh, this is what we do if that kind of situation happens. So you can see why people would believe these kind of things. Now, I'm not saying like Pizzagate or whatever, where they think there's molesters in the basement of a pizza shop in Washington, D.C. That's run by all the Democrats. Right. Which (laughs) ends up getting bombed because conspiracy theorists believe it. Yeah, and and that's the thing. But you can see why people have a belief in these things and then how it can be used against them. And, you know, speaking of Pizzagate... Um, this is going to reintroduce the whole thing uh, with now that Jeffrey Epstein yeah. is going back to court for, uh, well, having sex with underage girls. And like sex trafficking and all kinds of Yeah, and this whole thing. Things. And, and um, But that's not just going to affect Democrats. That's going to affect, I mean, all, oh, yeah. that's gonna affect every rich person in New York. Well, yeah. I mean, he's connected to both Clinton and Trump. Right. So, like I mean. There's videos of him and like Donald Trump like checking out girls and like pointing out and stuff like that it's really it's it's rough yeah you're like um but you know and that's just going to fuel more of these fires because like well hey look we have a real life convicted pedophile that's not just hanging out with donald trump and bill clinton but prince andrew from the uk Oh, wow. Like, and they, like he was going over and they were like going to parties together after he got out of prison the first time so what i'm saying is david ike is correct these people are lizards (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we got to do something about it. No, I don't know. I, we have to do anything about it. Do not take that the wrong no, way. No. Right. Um, all right. What I like to say, though, is that, I, I you know, being a, a ghost lorist, somebody that looks into ghost stories and urban legends, yes. and I love trying to trace back to the truth of where, like, a little bit of history was real, and then we got this blown out of proportion crazy story. Yeah. So where's the truth at the kernel of, of these stories? And with the, with, uh, the moon landing, I, you wonder... Did at one point in time some government official float the idea of, hey, should we have a backup plan uh, where we have some, th- yeah. some footage we can cut away to? And, and maybe that went nowhere other than a conversation. Maybe but it was shot down in the meeting immediately. Exactly. Right. But, but somehow people have like continued to echo it, and now it's taken on a life of its yeah. own. I, I'm curious about stuff like that. Oh, I can totally see that as some kind of, uh, they're like, well, it doesn't matter if we actually make it to the moon. Like we're, we're going, selling like, it. Like we're, yeah. we're telling, we will make it. To we're the telling moon. the yeah. world we're going to the moon. We're telling the world that our system is better than the Soviet system. Yeah. I mean, this is the whole yeah. domino theory High idea. Stakes. That's why they said we were in Vietnam. They said if oh if Vietnam goes, uh, if Vietnam goes communist, then the entirety of Southeast Asia goes communist, and then Japan goes communist. And Japan was our biggest trading partner at the time. So mm-hmm. if Japan goes communist, then our entire economy is going to go under. And if 
And so they were using that as a justification to fight the Vietnam War. And if they're actually going to, if we're going to kill people over that justif- kind of justification against, the, you know, fighting the Soviets, are they going to lie about landing on the moon? Yeah, you know, yeah. it seems like, yeah. well, that's, even if they lied about it, it's not as bad as like firebombing a yeah. village. Sure. <laughs> yes. You know? Um, that's funny. So the actually the last season of the X Files opens up with the uh, the moon landing being fake, <laughs> and like yeah. the smoke and man's like sand looks good kind of thing. It's great. <laughs> nice. It's great. So what? Okay, the last verdict: moon landing. Scott, real or fake? Real, but I love the I love the conspiracy theory. Wendy Abraham Lincoln killed by the Pope. <laughs> I'm gonna go with no, but right. I, I do. It is very fascinating. Yeah. Um, and Mike, Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh, has he been replaced um, <laughs> you know I would like to think that the Paul we have is the same Paul that gave us let it be so I'm going to say that he survived Okay, but I do think that Paul McCartney died sometime uh, between the end of the Beatles and Wings <laughs> and uh, whoever the new Paul McCartney is that's responsible for silly love songs and simply having a wonderful Christmas time must be stopped at all costs. Uh, all right. There it is. We want to thank Scott Marcus from whatsyourghoststory.com uh, for helping us out by getting those great quotes and asking some see you on the other side questions at the Sort of Trust red carpet at South by Southwest. It's always fun to bring a little paranormal funkiness to the red carpet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Nicely done. So when people want to find more about some of your writing, where can they find it? Uh, as you mentioned, whatsyourghoststory.com is the place for that. Perfect. Now, in Sort of Trust, it is about the uh, conspiracy theory that the South really won the war. So we wanted to find a song that was popular during the Civil War. The problem is you don't want to sing a Confederate song during the Civil War. So we wanted to find a tune that was maybe popular on both sides of the Civil War, the uh, the Union as well as the Confederate. And so there absolutely was a song that Union soldiers used to sing as well as Confederate soldiers. And it just so happened to be the song that Love Me Tender is based on. Mm-hmm. And so it's an 1861 song called Ora Lee, and here's Sunspot's version of Ora Lee. As the blackbird in the spring, neath the willow tree, sat and piped, I heard him sing, sing of Ora Sunshine came along with thee and swallows in the air. In thy blush, the rose was born. Music when you speak through thine azure eye, the morn sparkling seems to break. Or Crimson wing Never song Have sung to me As in that night Sweet spring Orally The bird may flee The willow's golden hair Swing through winter Fitfully On the stormy As I see gloom will soon depart For to me sweet orally is sunshine through the heart Oh, 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 oh,
the snow Sunshine in my face was seen Kissing lips of rose Oralee, Oralee, take my golden ring Love and light return with thee And swallows with the spring Return with thee and swallows with the spring. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Well, we certainly had a lot of fun talking about conspiracy theories with you guys today, and we'd like to do it personally. Yeah, I want to hear what your favorite conspiracy is. And also to see if you can back it up. <laughs> yeah, we want proof. <laughs> yeah, but we want to do that with you guys at the See You on the Other Side Patreon Hangout. Now, we do one of these every month, and it's only for our Patreon members, and we would like to hang out with you in person. Um, well, in person over the internet. It's, we're gonna, unless you live in Madison, it's going to be over the internet. But we'd also like to do it at paranormal conventions. Coming up, we're going to be at the Michigan Paranormal Convention in August. Uh, we're going to be at the Chicago Paranormal Convention in October. Uh, the Menominee, the, the Mabel Tainter Paracons in Menominee, Wisconsin. Paranomicon. So Paranomicon. It's about an hour away from the Twin Cities. So if you're near the Twin Cities, Chicago, or, or the UP. Um, <laughs> and don't or, forget Milwaukee. And the Milwaukee Paranormal Convention on September 14th. So there'll be a lot of chances to hang out in person. We love to meet our patrons. It's, it's one of our favorite things to do. Uh, but until then, we can hang out virtually uh, if you decide to join our Patreon community. And where can they do that one? They can do that at othersidepodcast.com slash donate. That's right. And so we do a meetup every month. Uh, patrons also get the, the first versions of the songs that we put out. And we've got lots more fun in store for you guys. And the more patrons we get, the more cool things we can do. So if you're interested in joining a community of like-minded weirdos, check it out at othersidepodcast.com slash donate. And we have to give a special shout out to one of our executive producers, Dr. Ned. Dr. Ned, we love you, brother, and your support has been so important and valuable to us for the past few years. Now, everybody else, Dr. Ned's at the level where he gets a shout-out in every single episode. If you would like to be that cool, you can do that at othersidepodcast.com slash donate. Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. (laughs) They both had vice presidents named Johnson. And we want to thank Scott and Marcus from what's good. Your- <laughs> 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 Dot com.